Tonight we're going to end a series dedicated to the principle of freedom. And uh, I timed this, of course, to be like kind of the week after the 4th of July and the freedom thing. And if you'll remember last time I was here, well, even if you don't remember, last time I was here, I actually read part of the Declaration of Independence. And uh, I'm going to reprise that. We can just pretend that we're just taking off where we left off last time. And uh, I'm going to read the part that, of course, we all memorized, or probably memorized when we were in, I don't know, junior high school or in some civics class somewhere. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Do you know why we never memorize the end of this? It's actually a fairly long little piece here. But do you know why we don't memorize it? With, with, here, you know, it starts out with really lovely, be- I mean, like poetry level kind of words. The reason is the whole end of it is really just a bitch session. <laughs> the whole end of it chronicles It really is. It chronicles the 27 awful things that Great Britain, and in particular the king at that time of Great Britain, did to the colonies. And it has everything about enacting taxes. Can you imagine that? They taxed us on things. It talks about passing laws that were against our welfare, dissolved the representative houses repeatedly for opposing the taxation, It talks about obstructing administration of justice for quartering large bodies of armed troops. It goes on and on and on. It's actually quite a missile of what you don't want to have happen, right? So in a a way, the Declaration of Independence is a Declaration of Independence from everything that we hated about Great Britain at that time. This, I suggest, is desiring to have freedom from things. Have you ever been in a position of really wishing for freedom from something? Whether it's uh, an awkward marriage, whether it's a job that you really don't like anymore, whether it's a a house that's too big or a house that's too small, whether it's a, a... I don't know, whether in the 90s, (laughs) if you ever wanted to be just free from something, you almost don't care what happens next as long as it isn't what you're enduring right now. And I think that's what the colonies were feeling at that time. They almost, almost didn't care what the new government would be like. They just wanted to get out from underneath the the British Empire, out from underneath someone else's control. And, uh, and I would suggest that the Declaration of Independence is, is kind of the illumination of that. It was more about what we don't want. You know, the one glorious paragraph near the top about uh, liberty and pursuit of happiness and the, you know, the rest of the three pages is just a laundry list of how, of how bad it is and how we want out, how we would rather do anything on our own than submit to that level of control and that level of domination. 
But what happens when we seek our freedom in that way? Because I think there's a real danger to it. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that there aren't appropriate times when we do get out of a bad marriage or it, it, that it isn't appropriate that we should quit a job that's really stinky or has out, out, outgrown its livelihood for us. Of course, there are times when we need to take action and sometimes it will be freedom from something that's oppressing us or harming us. But, but I want to suggest that there's a danger to that because once we have gone on to the next thing, all we've changed is the outside. There was something in us that drew those bad times to us. There was something in us that accepted the level of, uh, of control and denigration. There was something about us. The law of attraction says it's inevitable. What we teach in Science of Mind basically says that we participate fully in our lives. And so whether, whether our lives are going well or whether they're a bit stinky at the moment, um, our part drew that in. Our, our ability to be and do who we are was a fundamental part of that. And so I think the danger of wanting to be free from things is that we'll just find other things to take their place. And I'm sure we've all known folks that are maybe on their third bad husband. Do you know what I mean? It's like the name changed, and maybe they look a little bit different, but you'd swear it's the same rotten guy. Or, or, or some of us are on our fourth or fifth job where damned if that awful boss isn't here again. She looks different, she wears different clothes, but it's the same, I swear, awful boss. The trouble is we're, we're, we're seeking freedom but we haven't done the work inside that will actually permit much change to happen. And so we begin once again attracting the things to us that we may actually not want. And so freedom from, although sometimes it's necessary, sometimes it's important, I want to talk about something else today. I want to talk about true liberation. And I have a quote from Ernest Holmes here that I think can help us understand this idea of liberation. Ernest Holmes, of course, the founder of the Science of Mind. This is from the Science of Mind textbook. He says, the meaning of freedom implies the possibility of suffering. I'm going to read this again. The meaning of freedom implies the possibility of suffering because if we are free, we are free only by virtue of the possibility of choosing wisely over choosing poorly. So the possibility for us to experience freedom, the possibility exists that we will indeed choose poorly in our freedom and make ourselves miserable about it. He says there is no freedom or happiness as a spontaneous individuality unless there can be a temporary restriction of bondage and unhappiness through the wrong use of freedom. Now, what is this idea of the wrong use of freedom? How can freedom be wrong, right? Well, our freedom, of course, is our choice, is our free will. And I would bet everyone here in the sanctuary tonight, at one time or another, has made a free will choice that then we pretty quickly regretted, whether it was buying a car that was too expensive, uh, saying I do to that third husband that didn't work out, uh, whatever it might be. We've all had buyer's remorse or whatever you want to call it around making a decision that didn't work out so well. That, nonetheless, is what keeps us free, that ability to choose and choose and choose again. And the idea of liberation, I think, is perhaps nothing more and nothing less than just the knowledge that I'll choose again. 
that I'm not locked into a, 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 a destiny of pain, that yes, now and then things come my way through my own law of attraction, whether I, uh, I see that on the, uh, how do I want to put it, the subconscious side of things or the conscious side of things, bad things will come my way, and I, if I own up to them, I can choose again. I can simply say my true liberation here is that I can always change my mind. I can always be liberated from whatever it is I'm feeling right now. I can always have the do-over. And then the question is, can we actually learn from those mistakes? Can we do what's necessary in our own thinking, in our own consciousness, so that we don't keep, uh, how do I want to put it? blindly, I guess, making the same mistake, making the same choice, making a, a different face on it or, or, or a different outcome, but really the results being the same. So that you end up with that same crazy boss or that same stinky husband, right? Uh, so, so, so liberation, first of all, knowing that we can always choose again, knowing that we're never trapped, I never have to endure some horrible misery for the rest of my life, that whether it's a job or whether it's a decision, anything that can be made can be unmade. Anything that can be done can be undone and redone. We really do have the, the metaphysical undo button that can set us on to something else. So from then on, the liberation is really more of, will I choose more wisely this time? This time around, have I learned from that mistake? Not beat myself up about it. Don't dwell on the mistake, right? Just move on. Let's take another fresh look at things. That didn't work out so well. What were the characteristics of what didn't work out so well? And, and how will I remedy that? Of course, it leads me into tonight's joke, I think. <laughs> Once upon a time, in a land far away, a beautiful, independent, and self-assured princess happened upon a frog as she sat contemplating ecological issues on the shores of an unpolluted pond in a verdant meadow near her castle. Elegant lady, I was once a handsome pris, prince until an evil witch cast a spell on me, said the frog as he jumped into her lap. One kiss from you, however, and I will turn back into that dapper young prince that I am, and then, my sweet, we can marry and set up housekeeping where you can prepare my meals and clean my clothes. You can bear my children and forever feel grateful and happy. Well, later that day, the princess began conferring with her fair market paid staff about a party that she was planning in the castle to be held later. The cook went over the organic produce to be used and the free trade coffee to be served. There's just one problem, remarked the cook to the princess. I don't seem to be able to find a recipe for those frog's legs. True liberation is making a different choice. True, true liberation is that ability to understand that you might need to take a different path from everyone else. That you've truly evaluated the options, you've based your experience on careful study, and you will choose something different this time. Even if it ends up to be wrong, it's okay. At least it's a different choice this time around, worthy of examination, worthy of seeing the merits of it, knowing that once again, because liberation is involved, if you need to choose yet again, you can. 
as long as we don't keep making the same choices expecting different results, we will get closer and closer to our ideal. I want to try something else on you, though, because doesn't that sound a little tedious? It sounds a bit like trial and error to me, right? If I, if I take enough, to, in fact, I remember in a, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of it today, I had to take one of those classes in statistics for my business degree. And, uh, and in it, we learned all about random walks and how the market works and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I remember in one experiment, experiment they actually did blindfold all of the people in the class and, and moved the chairs aside. And the instructor put a dot on the floor while we were all blindfolded. And the, the test or the, or, or the theory of doing a blind walk is, is how long with six people in the class walking around blind will it take before someone actually hits that spot, right? Well, you could think of that spot as your good. You could think of that spot as your perfection in life. And so even if all you did was blindly walk around, as long as you kept changing direction, right? Because if you, if you stay in one direction, if you keep always going the same way, what happens? Well, eventually you just hit a wall. <laughs> and I think, we, I think we've all probably hit that wall. But as long as you keep choosing differently, eventually you'll hit that spot. Eventually, if you make enough choices, you will find the exact perfection in your life. But oh my gosh, what we discovered in that room was it like took the whole hour of the class <laughs> before someone finally did it. It just took too long. So I want to suggest that there's an even better way of finding your true freedom. Yes, we can simply choose and choose again. Yes, it will eventually get us where we go incrementally, step by step. But there's actually a better way. And I call that the freedom to method. So far, we've been talking about freedom from. And I got to tell you, freedom from is fear-based. When you read the whole end of the Declaration of Independence, it's all about what we're afraid England's going to do to us. It's all fear-based. And when we make decisions based on fear, we're apt to not make the best decisions. I'm going to advocate that we start looking at the idea of freedom to. Not what you're free to get away from, but what are you free to do? And you know, the United States has an interesting thing about this too, because it wasn't just the Declaration of Independence. We also have this little thing called the Bill of Rights. Have you looked at that? It is a fairly clear statement of the 10 things that we want to have happen. Not the things that we're afraid of, not the things that, that King George or whoever it was did to us, it's a statement of how we want to live. Let me go over just a few of them. I, I, I've annotated them into modern English for you, so uh, you won't have to listen to a 200-year-old talk. But anyway, the right to establish and enjoy our various religions, the right for people to assemble, free speech, freedom of the press, the right to petition the government, the right to defend ourselves, the right for all of us to be secure from unreasonable search and seizures, the right for a speedy trial, right? This is about how we want to live, not what we're afraid of. This is what we stand for. This, if you will, is our freedom to express ourselves rather than our freedom from something that we don't want to have. This, I think, will get us to that spot that we desire much quicker because what? We're saying, here's what I want. 
And when you're walking along, it's always easier to walk towards something to hit a mark than it is just to randomly be choosing. And so my question for you all is, if we want to really experience freedom in this world, do you know what your freedom points are? Not what you don't like about your job, maybe, but what you do like about it. Maybe not what's bad about your marriage, but what you love about being in a relationship with someone. Not what bugs you about your home or your government or your friends, but, but rather what do you savor in them? What is it that you like about friendship and partnership? That gives us an actual goal. That's the freedom to enjoy our lives rather than freedom uh, as, at the expense of having to run away from something. And so I want to ask you, and you can probably sense a bit of homework here, because now and then I do assign homework. If you want to experience freedom, what do you want to be free to experience? This is the shortest path. If you actually had a list of your own Bill of Rights, you probably would be halfway there already. Probably just the act of writing it down. What is it that you want to have the right to experience in life? What is it that you, uh, among maybe a million rights that we have already in this country, right? The freedom to assemble, and I mentioned some of them, but what's not working in your life personally? All right, if I'm assigning homework, I want to give you a little bit of an example, and feel free to laugh at me if you would like, because uh, I actually laughed a bit when I wrote these. These are my Bill of Rights. These are Larry King's Bill of Rights. And since there were only 10 of them, right, in the original Bill of Rights, I only wrote down 10, and that's probably way more. I mean, how many things can we be walking towards at one time anyway? But I want to try these on for size for you to give you just an idea about how you might want to create your own Bill of Rights. So Larry King's Bill of Rights, I have the right to enjoy my free time at least two days a week. Any of you sense a little violation of that in your own lives? Are some of you putting in the 60, 70 hours a week and wishing you had more free time? Maybe you should adopt that Bill of Rights. Number two, I have the right to put my electronic devices to sleep whenever I choose to focus on at hand. I'm getting stuff from people about, well, I texted you, why didn't you reply to me? And it's like, well, because I was driving, because I was taking a nap, I'm not your servant, right? <laughs> I have the right to just silence that darn phone whenever I choose to. I have the right to be messy from time to time without feeling guilty. All right, thank you. Thank you. Let's get in the spirit with this. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to be a slob, right? I'm not saying the house will be condemned. But I'm also saying that it's okay if someone comes by the house and it doesn't look entirely clean and neat. It's okay. It's my right to have my house be a little bit messy now and then. I have the right to put my work obligations away when I'm on my own time. Now, this may be a uniquely minister thing, but I bet it's not, right? Are you getting calls at home about things that happen at work? Are you getting calls that are sort of inappropriate when you're trying to enjoy your day or your vacation or your weekend? I have the right to not respond to unreasonable people and situations. 
<laughs> Some of you are just laughing because I, I, I know that we're faced with this all the time. I'm going to read it again. I have the right to not, to just to simply not respond to unreasonable people in situations. You don't have to. You don't owe them anything, right? If someone's in your face, I just nod and smile and walk away. And if that's being rude, well, then I'm a rude person because <laughs> I reserve that right. Number six, short of harming others, I have the right to enjoy my life and to be as different as I like. Number seven, I have the right to not care what other people think about me. Now this one, I think way more people on this planet are actually concerned about what other people think about them than what is entirely healthy at all. Are we not worried? Do we not try to make sure we dress well? Do, are, are we not like out mowing the lawn when it gets a quarter of an inch too tall? Are we not worried about what the neighbors think, what our coworkers think, what about our friends think about us? And frankly, it's none of my business what you think about me. That's your business. I'm going to release that. Number eight, I have the right to sleep in. Number nine, I have the right to make decisions the following day. I got to tell you, when I wrote that one down, big sigh of relief. Are people ever in your face about wanting to make a decision right now? The people on the phone, no, the sale's only today. You can only get this deal if you act now. The lease will double if you wait 10 minutes. You got you to gotta sign now. You got to answer now. You got to pick the restaurant now. You got to, it's like whatever it is. You know what? It's all BS. You can decide the following day and you'll be better for it. And last but not least, I have the right to not worry about having a six-pack of abs. <laughs> have you noticed these are all freedom to statements? The freedom to enjoy my life. The freedom to move forward. It's not running from things. It's exploring. It's moving towards a sweeter, better life. And so, yes, your homework is indeed what is your Bill of Rights. Of course, you can write more than 10 if you like. But I would like to suggest that this could be one of the most powerful exercises in the nature of freedom that you have ever done in your life. Simply take down, when you, when you get home, take out a pad and paper and write down 10 things that are rights you would like to exercise in your own life. Things that will move you forward, things that will de-stress your life, things that you've been maybe nervous about claiming even though in your heart you know they're true, even though you know you're worth it, even though you know it would simplify or make your life easier or better or more confident or more filled with love. Today is the day that you can claim them. And whether you think of it as a, a constitutional right, uh, like the uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or, or if you want to get it uh, a lot more specific, like the right to sleep in, claim your goodness, claim your truth, claim your freedom. As Ernest Holmes said, freedom and bondage are just your exercise of your own choices. 
it's really all the same. And so choose wisely. Choose that ability to see yourself as free and able, as, as lovable and capable. Come up with a bill of rights that moves you forward into greater love, greater peace in your household, greater mm, just easiness of being so that there isn't worry about someone else's idea of what should happen. Ultimately, the freedom is to be you, uniquely wonderful, loving, powerful you. I'm going to close tonight with a prayer. I invite you, if you will, to close your eyes and maybe start out by thinking in your own heart of some of the freedoms that you would like to experience. Not, not things you're running away from, but things that you would like to experience. I know that God is encompassed in those things, that God is the loving relationships. I know that God is the abundant lifestyle. I know that God is the, the truth and beauty of a summer day, that God is that ability to be useful at work without stress, that God is the, the sweetness that we can name and the sweetness that we have not even conceived of yet. God is all that. And I know that means me. I know that I have the ability to make those kinds of choices, that there is a limit, liberation from all kinds of fear in my life, that as I put aside old ideas of lack or limitation, of fear, of smallness, of disease, that instead I can turn towards the light I can turn towards that freedom to experience my life to its fullest, to experience the love, the joy, the peace, the harmony that really will make my heart sing. And as it is true for me, I know it is true for each person in this room. Ernest Holmes claimed it for us, and it is true. Our freedom is in our choice. And so for each person here, I affirm and know the power of good choice. Ever moving towards those freedoms that we desire, ever moving towards the light, ever moving towards that spot where everything is beautiful and perfect and whole, that spot residing right in each of our hearts. And I'm simply grateful for this. Grateful to be in the power and the presence of God as it shows up in the, in the magnificent people right in this room. I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I, I simply let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you, everyone. So glad you're here tonight. Thank you.